Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Cruise FM presents The Locker Room with Lachlan Cross, Grant Johnson, and James White. Brought to you by Always Plumbing and Heating. Thinking about a new furnace? Get a free quote at alwaysplumbing.ca. You gotta come on. Hello! Bang, 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 bang. Here we go. Another track meet last night, eh? Yeah. Those game ones. That's crazy. Yeah. Absolutely crazy. Um, I want to play a, a little clip here quickly. Mm-hmm. And I hope somebody from the Edmonton Oilers organization is paying attention. Yeah. Because I think we have the answer. Well, when the great one speaks. I, I just really believe deep down you, to win the Stanley Cup, you got to play better defense. Okay. There it is. There it is. They got to play better defense. I, I just really believe deep down you, to win the Stanley Cup, you got to play better defense. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's the what. What? What was that, Gretzky? I, I just really believe deep down you, to win the Stanley Cup, you got to play better defense. <laughs> so, 14 goals a game is not going to cut it. I guess. Yeah. I think the thing for me watching that game last night is uh, Colorado does what Edmonton did in the last two rounds. They I, they they handle the puck a lot more than right. Well, than I the thought other the same thing too. The way the the Oilers beat the Flames was those rushes. Yeah, like they get the puck and straight down the ice. Yeah, and that's what Colorado was doing last night. They would get the puck. And Whereas just, the the Kings yeah. are coached by old school. The Flames old school. They're chip and chase, right? Yeah. And the Oilers just held onto the puck better and longer. Yeah. Anyway, I, I mean, it's obviously. Series. The next game isn't going to be like last night's game, but according to Gretzky, I, I just really believe deep down you, to win the Stanley Cup, you got to play better defense. It's not just a belief, it's a deep down belief. <laughs> the locker room topic of the day. Could you buy or live in a house that was haunted? So the Conjuring house, the house that inspired the movie. Um, just sold for $1.5 million. I'll which was almost 30% above the asking price. No way. No way <laughs> in hell. Yeah, I don't, I don't I don't even know what I believe about all that, but I don't think I think I would get in my head. Yeah. I think it would get in my head and there's no way I'd be able to. This family that sold it said when they moved into the conjuring house, they all stayed in one room off the start. Out of a, a don't do this. A sign of what res- do you do? a sign of respect to the spirits. Stop <laughs> it. And then they claim they would see like flashes of light and dark figures in the no. house. No. And uh, yeah. So. Okay, so there's that story behind this house. So it was it wasn't just used in the movie. There's no, this act- is the actual house that inspired the movie. That's right, because it was kind of yeah. based on a true story, wasn't it? So it was in the seventies and. Um. Yeah. There's trying apparently to remember the, the stories there, and 
the story is this family moves into a house. It's haunted. All yeah. these weird things are happening. They get paranormal investigators in. They ended up in this that couple. Yeah, yeah. Patrick Wilson and yeah. Um, so yeah, the, obviously the the movie's a little different than the real, but the the real story is that they claim it was haunted. There were spirits. Yeah. And then apparently there were some murders in the house. Yeah. No, I'm out. I'm out. I'm <laughs> yeah. Out. Like, and and I, if somebody is listening that would be able, let's say this was a local home, would you be able to live there? I I couldn't. If somebody had told me. When we were looking at my house, oh, by the way, last owners say there's a ghost in the basement. I'm like, all right, let's go. All right. <laughs> we'll find another place, eh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the locker room topic of the day. Did you live or buy in uh, a haunted house? Uh, Mike from Ontario um, said a friend of his was looking to buy a house and they took a medium into the house with them because there was rumors it was haunted. Okay. During the tour of the house, uh, the medium walked into a bedroom, froze, and then said, do not put the baby in this room. <laughs> he said they did not buy the house. <laughs> and please tell me the medium looked like the, the lady from Poltergeist. I hope so. Yeah. The locker room topic of the day. Could you live or buy in a house that is haunted? I lived in a haunted house, and hello, my love. Good morning. How are you? I'm okay. I lived in a haunted house for five years. How do you know it was haunted? So my mother was bringing down a set of tea down to the basement where Mm. we watched TV and was pushed down the stairs and not a drip of tea dropped on the floor like the cups didn't drop. She still had them in her hands and she down the stairs she went. And then all of the cupboards flew open. And I had a little boy who used to sit on the end of my bed. This is explaining a lot about you. (laughs) (laughs) The locker room topic of the day. So it's, uh, would you buy or live in a haunted house? Mark actually went and stayed at the Stanley Hotel. Red rum, red rum, red rum, red rum. No. So that is the hotel that... Inspired Stephen King to write The Shining. Okay. I don't know if anything happened it's just at the that- Stanley Hotel or if Stephen King just really liked it. I mean, I'm not too sure about that, but Mark said it was pretty wild staying there. Okay. You know, watching that movie and, and knowing that movie, he mu- is is he like a uh, fan of The Shining? Or he something? must be to go and, and to go out of your way. Yeah, to, to go out of your go- way to go to Colorado and. Do they have like um like is that is this a thing? Like I, I'm going to the shining or is it just a hotel that just happened to host the, the, the filming of the movie? Do you understand what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, I know what you're saying. Like if I call up a, a travel agent, I'd go I'd like a package to the shining hotel. Because see that hotel was also in Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> was it? Yeah. When they go to Aspen. <laughs> I didn't know that. So, so, so would you get a, a trip to the Dumb and Dumber? Hotel? So you can look at it that way, right? <laughs> I guess, yeah. It's probably just a hotel then. Yeah, just it just happened to have Dumb and Dumber there. Because <laughs> I think I'd rather do the Dumb and Dumber travel over, package. Yeah, over the Shining. Yeah. Calling Christy. Could you buy or live in a house that was haunted? Well, Christy, what's your story? <laughs> 
Uh, the house I grew up in in Kalmar was crazy haunted. <laughs> you were saying something about stuff would levitate? Yeah, um, my brother and his friend and my mom and uh, her husband were in the kitchen eating French fries that they made in the deep fryer. The fries on the counter, uh, one of the fries started to levitate and my brother's friend started to cry and then my brother went and ate the fry and said, screw you, ghost. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Brave. Yeah. I so got, uh, did you stay there long? Yeah, we lived there for like 15 years. There was so much weird stuff that happened. Like, you know when someone walks towards you in a crowd and it bumps you over? That happened to me walking through the living room. I'm like, what the hell? I thought maybe our German Shepherd walked into me, but she was sleeping under my piano bench. 15 years. Yeah. 15 years you put up with that? (laughs) Well, I moved out at a young age. (laughs) The rest of my family stayed. (laughs) You don't have the brightest family, right? No, not really. <laughs> the locker room topic of the day. Could you live or buy a home that was haunted? Um, Jordan says he could live in a haunted house. He says his parents' house was haunted when he was a kid. Uh, he said they were friendly spirits, though. He says it's different if you think the spirits can kill you. But, yeah, but friendly spirits. So, so they had Casper, the friendly ghost, in his house growing up. So... He says, yeah, oh yeah, no problem. I'll live in a haunted house. There was a, a house in Creston on top of Crawford Hill where, um, and I knew the guy that lived there and he told a, just a terrifying story. So somebody had crashed a car at the bottom of that, of, of Crawford Hill. Okay. And um, one night, like in the middle of the night, his doorbell rings bong 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 so he goes down and he's like hey can i help you and there was a woman at the door who looked completely normal no problem but was like you need to call an ambulance there's been an accident at the bottom of the hill and he and he said okay yeah no problem let me get so he runs back into the house calls 911 Gets out of his pajamas and he goes down to the 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 accident. Yeah, and he's standing there. Why, why can't I remember his name? Darren, Darren. It was Darren. And uh, he runs down to the bottom of the hill, and he's waiting for the police and the ambulance to show up. And he takes a look in the car, and the woman is in the car. What? And she's dead. What? The woman that was at the door ringing the doorbell. And to hear him tell this story, because it's very difficult to believe. Well, why would he lie about that? But exactly. And and he he lived in that house for quite some time. Yeah. Um, him and his family owned that place. And it looked haunted. (laughs) Like when I especially if it's up on a hill. It was on a hill. Yeah. I sw- yeah, it, yeah. That's one I remember. That's terrifying. The locker room topic of the day. Could you live or buy a home that was haunted? Uh, Steven said, I'm just going to say, I believe ghosts are real. I believe evil, evil exists. And people should realize we can sense things we cannot see. Like a sixth sense. Mm-hmm. When the hairs on your body raise up for no reason, get the hell out. So, no, he would not buy or live in a haunted house. I always, whenever we do a topic like this, I always remember that Eddie uh, Murphy. That was sent into us, actually. Was it? From Delirious. Yes. <laughs> yes. Very funny. 
Jimmy, you're not. You're pretty quiet over there. You don't believe in ghosts. No, we talked Although about this. Uh, we talked right. about this. Kind of come uh, things, to it. things have changed a little bit. Because I get weird feelings at certain times. His old man's haunting him. <laughs> no, he's not. No. <laughs> it's just... Last time I was at the house, I got a weird feeling a couple of times. Dealing with the old man. Yeah? So yeah, Jimmy's kind of coming around. So would you live in a haunted house? I don't think so. If, if Isn't there a connection between religion and, and the paranormal? It, it's... Don't most people that are religious that, like, you know, believe in, but, in but that kind of thing... kind of... Also believe it's, it's, that ghosts exist. See, the thing they is, believe though, in spirits. I believe. Right? Yeah, like they believe in demons. Is it? It's not as much ghosts as demons. Okay. Where, whereas, like that's why exorcism about, was actually a thing where they were trying to. They weren't getting power ghosts. Power of Christ compels you. Yeah, that's the power of Christ. That's, yeah. Like they actually do that. Certainly. Yeah. Used um, to. Yeah. Okay. How about this question? Could you live in a house where there was a murder? Let's not say haunted. Let's just say there was a murder there. But then maybe you believe it's going to be haunted. Could you live in a murder house? No. Yeah, me neither. I couldn't do that. <laughs> not even for the ghost, just for the... Uh, I yeah. realize that I'm shrinking my uh, my options for moving out of St. Albert, but <laughs> I'm okay with it. <laughs> because that... You know what? If you're If you're in a home that... Something awful happened. Yeah. Right? You're gonna that's the first thing you're gonna say. You know? Yeah. Like when you when you when you're like walking up to it, your real estate agent when you're doing the tour is gonna go, you know, hey, listen, I don't wanna scare you off, but full what? disclosure, there was a triple homicide here yeah. a couple of years ago. Right. By the neighbors. Yeah. They haven't figured out which one yet. <laughs> I always talk about that uh my boss, when I lived in Medicine Hat, lived across the alley from him was the house where that girl murdered her whole family. And that that house sold like months. Took months, just months to sell that house after that. What? Yeah, somebody moved in like Didn't you used after. to live not far away from the guy that was doing the Kijiji ads too? Um, I lived a stone's throw from, uh, what's his name? The radio guy. That was on dating apps, and then he murdered in the garage. In the garage, yeah. Wasn't that what down was by name? you? Yeah, it was a stone's throw away. Was what it, was that guy's was name? It Dex he was the Dexter killer. Was it Peck Mark Twitchell? Oh, Twitchell. Mark Twitchell. Yeah. yeah, Mark Twitchell. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot he was a radio. He didn't live there, but he rented the garage, That and that's where he murdered the guy and tried to murder the other one. He got caught pretty quick, though. Yeah, but he I was think dumb. That was going to be a like a surreal thing. Like he, he was, was gonna... trying to be Dexter Morgan. Good lord! Yeah. Wow. The locker room topic of the day. Would you live or buy a haunted house? Actually, we bought the house that was haunted. You knew it was haunted so, before? No, no. And <laughs> um, kind of like the Sixth Sense kid. Every once in a while, when I was a kid. But anyways, I see dead people. So we found out later on after we bought the house that it was haunted and thing is, I kept seeing somebody and I wasn't sure, you know, like out of the corner of your eye or whatever. Nothing moved or anything like that. It wasn't really. And, and then my wife tells me uh, a little while later that, oh yeah, apparently the uh, son of somebody that lived here passed away. And I'm like, oh, thanks for telling me. So she really didn't tell me 
but I just kept seeing things and I didn't say anything about it. But there is a reason why we have four cats, <laughs> because apparently cats ward uh, away people. Oh, oh, it, oh really? Been, okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, all they're, right. They're always kind of protectors, and that's why you go back to Egypt, there's always cats everywhere kind of thing. So, right. Yeah. But, uh, I wouldn't have known yeah, that. It was kind of freaky. Kind of freaky. What's your name? So, I'd rather not say. <laughs> <laughs> We'll just call you. We'll call you the cat dude. Yeah, the cat dude. Yeah, that's that's, that's appropriate. You're in the locker room on 95.7 Cruise FM. Good morning, Cruise. What's your name? Nadine. Nadine, how are you? I'm good. Good. How are you? Good. You want these Elks tickets? Well, sure. Okay. Um, we're gonna make you do a little bit of trivia for them. Okay. Oh, Greg, it's too early in the morning for trivia. If you listen to this show at all, you might be able to get this trivia correct. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right, Nadine. Okay. What city is Jimmy from? Oh, he's from Gaber. There you go. <laughs> See, you know. Um, name, name one city Locke worked in before coming to Edmonton. Oh, Winnipeg. Yeah. yeah. And what province it's, it's is Grant Winnipeg. from? Yeah. And what province is Grant from? Saskatchewan. There you go. Can you say Tabor for me one more time? Say Tabor. Tabor. Say, say like a true Tabor Hutterite. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> I like you. All, All right. right, we'll see you at the football like game. It. You're in the locker room with Lachlan Cross, Grant Johnson, and James White. Ninety-five-seven Cruise FM. So this is going to be something that everyone's talking about. I have some thoughts on it, but they're decriminalizing. Um, most drugs in BC, and it's a three-year trial. They've asked the federal government to give them this exemption status in BC. Is it just like the Lower Mainland, or is it the entire province? It's the entire province. Okay, it's small amounts, so it's two and a half grams of uh, certain drugs. They actually asked for more. They asked for it to be, I think, four and a half. Um, but the federal government said two and a half. Um, and it's opioids, cocaine, and meth. Okay. Um, so if you get caught with two and a half grams of those, you will not be arrested or charged, and they won't take your drugs. So since 2016, there's been almost 10,000 deaths due to um, illicit drug use in the province, in BC, just in BC, not in Canada. In BC, that's a crazy number of people. Yeah, it's insane. Um, 2,224 last year is 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 the record. So what they're saying, um, the reason for this is um, they're trying to say they're get, trying to get rid of the stigma and the shame around drug use mm-hmm. because they're saying the risk of being labeled a criminal, losing your job, losing your family, not being able to get an apartment, things like that, yeah. um, keeps people from talking to their family, their friends about their drug use, is what they're saying. So they're saying maybe if it's not a crime to have this little bit, then people will be more open to getting help. That's kind of the theory, I guess. So... I have a friend who lives down there, and he lives in a rougher part of the of the city. And he was telling me that there's literally a van that drives around and just picks up bodies. Yeah. It's so bad some days. Yeah. So they got to do something. And 
it's tough because I'm the like the conversation around the like the the clean needle sites and all that. I mean, I I understand I understand both sides of it. Yeah. Are you just encouraging it? Like, are is this we, just going to be like I was talking to one friend from Vancouver yesterday, and he was like, "Is this just going to be people doing blow on Granville Street?" Like, yeah, is that what this is going to turn into? Over the years, the the unintended sort of side of the unintended consequences of things have always surprised me, and it works both ways too. I've had I've had my eyes opened a little bit to some of these decisions and why they do them and why it works. Right. I don't get it. I don't understand how a place where the government goes, okay, come here, we're going to give you free drugs, or you're allowed to do drugs here, why that would have an impact on actually reducing drug use. Mm-hmm. I can't. It, like it just doesn't make any sense, but yeah. it does work. So it's, the free needles stuff yeah. works here. Like the, those clinics actually are bringing drug use down in that population, in the homeless population. Yeah. So I think what they say about the like safe injection sites is that you guarantee your supply is clean because they'll check it for you. Yeah. And then it's a safe place to do it. So like if you do overdose, there's help there immediately. Apparently that's why the LRTs are so bad for people doing drugs right now is because it's a public place. There's cameras. So people that are doing it, it they know that if they overdose, somebody's going to come help them. Um, oh, I didn't even think of that. kind of what I've read. And then the safe injection sites, the theory is that people might ask for help with they gotta do something too. like they're well, the whole war on drugs throwing everyone in jail doesn't that doesn't hasn't work. worked yeah right yeah so i, I yeah it's a tough one because there are there's situations where i i'm like yeah this makes sense and then there's like you hear about other situations where you're like well yeah is this just going to be people on granville street <laughs> like well are and are now people going to gravitate towards that province because of this well maybe yeah right yeah. Is is that a thing? <laughs> because now it's the only province. Shouldn't this be something that they should do right across the board so you don't run into a situation where people like, uh, okay, right. I'm going to BC. Road chip, yeah. Jerry. Well, Edmonton, remember just a couple months ago, Edmonton asked for this. Yeah. The city of Edmonton did. I don't know if they would give just a city that status, but... Yeah, yeah. I think this has to be provincial. I think that's why BC is doing. That's why I asked you if it was just the Lower Mainland. Yeah, because I think the way the laws are set up. Anyway, I shouldn't be saying anything about that because I don't know how that works. But it's not going to kick in until January, right? Mm-hmm. From what I was reading. Yeah. Um, so the end of January, and yeah. it's a three-year trial. The government, the federal government, like them or not, at least they're willing to explore. See how it goes. Option. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I guess try it out. I don't have any other answers. Yeah. I don't know what... I wouldn't know what to do or where to even start with this. No. So, maybe it'll work. The Locker Room presents The Grant Report for JT's Bar and Grill, where good people come to enjoy the best food and drinks with other good people. Now, Grant Johnson. Well, game one, round three of the Stanley Cup Finals... It's all underway, and what a boring game that was last night. Nothing Mm. happened at all. Mm. Nobody today is discussing anything that Mm. happened in the game last night, Mm. except for the 14 goals. Colorado's goalie leaving the game for what I expect was a case of the squirts. And now the infamous offside, but was it really offside call? The issue about whether or not the uh, 
third Colorado goal was offside has divided people even more than politics right now. (laughs) We now have two groups of people. The people that say it was offside and that goal should not have counted. And the group that agree with the officials and say, that was a good goal. You guys know what the rule is? Watch the replay. We might actually have a civil war in Canada as a result of that call last night. My prediction is we're going to have two new political parties in Alberta. The offside party and the onside party. (laughs) Of course, we know which party will be based in Edmonton and which will do well in Calgary. (laughs) You know, for a league that's really doing their best to promote sports gambling, I don't know if you've seen a couple ads or not. You'd think they would do a better job of, job of being clear on the rules and making it fair for everyone. Oh, and just in case there's any Flames fans listening, Blake Coleman kicked that goal in. You can stop now. That was a good good call. The Grant Report is brought to you by Shuntware. I do my own shunts. Back to the shunt. May it be the shunt be with you. T-shirts and more now available on our merch page. I, I just really believe deep down you, to win the Stanley Cup, you got to play better defense. Really? <laughs> Thanks, Gretzky. <laughs> You're in the locker room on 95.7 Cruise FM. OnlyFans is fairly new, right? Like, it's not 25, 35 years old. Right? Yeah, I know. I think it's got to be the last few years. Yeah, five, six years old, maybe. Yeah. And I think people know what it is, right? Should we explain what OnlyFans is? You create your profile. Yeah. Say Jimmy creates a profile. Yeah. Then people subscribe to his page and he can post whatever he wants. Typically yeah. it is a sexual thing. Yeah, like Aaron Carter's on there. He yeah. just plays guitar with his dong out. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like yeah. he's he was Aaron Carter was uh like a boy band guy, right? That's how he's yeah. making money now. He was, he was like Backstreet Boys, I think. Was he? Um no, his He was on his own. His, n- brother, his brother was Backstreet Boys. In the Backstreet Boys. Nick Carter. Nick Carter. So we've been trying to get Jimmy because of our experience with Jimmy is that he's this—he's fascinating. It's not just because he's a little person. It's Jimmy. Yeah. Like, if you don't know this, if you're new to the show, Jimmy is just a walking content machine for us. And it's, people it, are so fascinated by him. Yeah. Everything yeah. he does. What's his apartment like? How does he do dishes? Apps, everything. How does he do law? Everything. People are amazed by Jimmy, and they want to see it. Somewhere this like. woman on OnlyFans... Made $350,000 in the last two years. Guess what she was doing, Jimmy? Any guesses? Don't say that thing we're not no. allowed to say anymore. <laughs> well, we didn't do an in-memoriam for We forgot to do a, a Pastor Jimmy in-memoriam for that yeah. word. <laughs> Write that down. Or phrase. Yeah. Finger, whatever. Oh. Right. <laughs> <laughs> We're not allowed to say it. I'm not allowed to do If we're not allowed to say it, how am I going to do an immemorial? <laughs> you get effects. away with stuff that pew, Grant pew. and I don't get away with. <laughs> Guess what she was doing? I don't know. She was just putting pictures of her hairy armpits up. That's it. Just a bushy arm. Pit. Yeah. Here you go. Here you go, guys. Check this, check this out. Yeah. I, I love the fact that you guys want me to get onto only only fans and you're well, comparing Grant, and, and you're comparing yeah, we get and you're comparing the amount of money that I could possibly make against going against models and between you and other people in this building she was, calling me oh, fat she was, all no, the time. No. And hey. and you and you want me to do only fans. No, no, you listen, you're not. 
Jimmy, you're not fat. No, no. one's called you fat. Okay, Tubby, uh, Chunky. Uh, what are some other nicknames you have for me? Let me go through the list. Round. Oh, round. <laughs> I didn't call you round. <laughs> Could be someone in this building. But what, but what he's saying is people aren't going to subscribe to your OnlyFans for your like physique or whatever. It's It's fascination with your life. But it's... A you lot of people doing your dishes. A lot of people find what you're putting out there sexy. I'm just telling you, right? And you you work it. When you do your videos, you oh, you yeah. know you know you're a sex pot. Come on. <laughs> hey, maybe maybe there's a reason I'm not doing OnlyFans is because of since you guys have been talking me into it, you want a percentage. I don't want to share it with 10%, you. Ten percent, yeah, just ten. I mean, that's easy. Did you 10 see her grand, by the way. For me. Yeah, compare okay, that is, to this. She's way better looking than you. Yes. I, like, we There's did. a lot of mixed like, feelings, though, right, when you see that. Like, she made, she made 50, uh, 350000 in two years. I'd be lucky to make 50 bucks. Right. No, I, I, honestly, I think you'd make a killing. Grant and I are not wrong. You would have to probably do something a every little bit offside. We, but every time we talk about this, we get text people being like, I'd subscribe. Uh, sign up. Twelve ninety nine yeah. a month. Hell, I mean, just you making your salsa this week would probably. <laughs> yeah, let's see if I can get jalapenos. They don't you have them at no frills. What do you mean? You just go to a gro- go to a normal grocery I've store. Gone to every they don't gro- sell jalapenos I've gone to, at the dollar store. I've gone to every grocery store, but they're always on the top shelf, and I can never find someone to get them for me. Okay, well, uh, why didn't you just tell me that? I'll go get them for you today. We'll we'll do that today. Only fans. Think about it. You're in the locker room with Lachlan Cross, Grant Johnson, and James White. 95.7 Cruise FM. Jimmy wants to prove a point about um, his nickname list. So, so go through the entire list. There's about through, 100 we names. We haven't done this in a while, so we'll get Jimmy to read all of his nicknames that we've given him over the years. And I took out most of the ones that Army Chris made, made up. Okay, Jimmy Rage, Bus Stop Jimmy, One Task Jimmy, The Wordsmith, Details Jimmy, Voice of Reason Jimmy, Pink Eye, One I Can't Say, of, uh, Sausage Fingers, Minimum Wage Jimmy, Dwight Schrute, um, Pablo Lescobar, uh, Pastor Jimmy, Astro Naughty, Human Chia Pet, Trivia Jimmy, Head Injury Jimmy, Potty Mouth Jimmy, Taint Painter, Mini Spitty, uh, Jimmy the Google Expert, Shirt in the Pool Jimmy, <laughs> that dead, one is my favorite. Dead Eyes, Right Wing Jimmy, Soft Hands Jimmy, Counselor Jimmy, Pride of Tabor, uh, Laser Breath, Sleeping Socks Jimmy, uh, Bedhead Jimmy, Crockpot Jimmy, Walking Concussion, uh, Jim, Jimmy the Pisser, uh, All Middle Jimmy, Reform Party Jimmy, Fridge Pickle Jimmy, Check to Check Jimmy, Peter, Morbidly Peter. Obese Jimmy, Fatty, Tubby, Round. Uh, the Morbidly Obese mili- one was a medical one, though. 10 milligram Jimmy, before DJ Tabor Flav, COVID Jimmy, uh, Darth Bader, uh, jerk off Jimmy, baby Darth Burton. Bader. That could be your only fan's name, Darth Bader. But baby Burton showed up too. 
Oh, my goodness. Cruise FM. My cruise. Those nays for Jimmy. I had to pull over. I'd laugh so hard. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Chia I... Pet, Chia Pet <laughs> my hair does grow like a Chia Pet. It dog. does. I, yeah. I think about once a week, we get a new nickname for him, and then it'll stick around for a bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's your Poor name? Jimmy. What's your... Laney, you guys, you guys make my day every day, and I, I don't know why. You guys... <laughs> We're idiots. <laughs> you are, and I love it. Right. Don't change a thing. All right. Thank you. You have a good day. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. You're in the locker room with Lachlan Cross, Grant Johnson, and James White. 95.7 Cruise FM. Grant just casually brought up that his uh, fiance Mac walked into a store, got a pickle in a bag the other day, and I'm like, what? Hold on. Stop. What, yeah. what are you talking about? Pickle in a bag. And he's like, you've never heard of pickle in a bag? I've never. It's been around for years. 52 years of age. I've never in my life heard of pickle in a bag. It is a thing. If you're like me, you don't need to look it up. Trust yeah. us. It's a thing. So it's like, uh, looks like a juice box, how they make them now. in those sealed bags, it's got the liquid in with it. And it's just a pickle to go. We were talking to Alex on the podcast that I do in the afternoons. Okay. Uh, Alex is from Ukraine, and um, he's the guy that we did the charity drive for. Mm -hmm. He's doing um, a bunch of charity work over there trying to help people out in in Ukraine, and we sent him a bunch of money. We sent him like 5,000 U.S. Anyway, he did not know about pickle in a bag either, but (laughs) he told me, and this comes up every time we talk about pickles, that in the Ukraine... They save their pickle juice for hangover. Oh yeah, that's I do that, and and uh, that's a thing. Yeah, it, I do that. That's a legit. It's full of electrolytes. It's an uh, it's a legit hangover cure, mm-hmm. and not just in Canada, but also in Ukraine. Yeah. So they also have um, pickle freezies too. You can get a like a frozen pickle. That sounds. Awful. I found about that yesterday. So here's where the um, pickle in a bag saga story yeah. got me yesterday. Because I left here with the intention, and I didn't have a lot of time. I only had like one stop mm-hmm. time. So I went to this 7-Eleven. Well, that's what this is for. It's for the one stop. Yeah. Big, big pickles trying to get into the beef jerky market. They're trying You're to- on a road trip. We need some snacks. We'll get some Pringles. Well, beef gas jerky, is really high, so I'm not driving around it. I'm going home. I'm going straight home. I, like We're at almost a buck 80 for gas, yeah. right? So I walked into 7-Eleven because... You and many other people told me that 7-Eleven have pickle in a bag. Yeah. Jimmy, no. Jimmy said it's right next to the sushi. They did not have pickle in a bag. Hmm. And the and the ladies, they were very helpful. The ladies at uh, 7-Eleven, it's not too far away from my house, told me that they've never had it, that 7-Elevens don't carry pickle in a bag. Hmm. Um, but apparently the ESO on the hill. <laughs> now, the reason why I need to start at a convenience store is because I don't want... I want to start at the ground level for pickle in a bag. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be, I don't want to be the hipster pickle in a bag you don't guy. Wanna, yeah. If this is going to be a thing for me, I want to start at the, at, 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 with the, with the everyman. Yes. Right. I want to walk into a convenience store or a gas station and I want to grab a pickle in a bag, <laughs> walk up and walk out with it yeah. and start there. I don't need this, the, the the frilly one, like the yeah. one at the you gourmet grocery one. store, right? Yeah, I'll keep you posted. I'm oh, gonna try. The- okay, well, what one do you think you're gonna get? I don't even know what options there are. There's Grant. the big papa. Okay, there's the hot mama, garlic Joe, um, sour sis, hot pickle, kosher pickle, sour pickle. Um, so you got options. What is the make of that one? 
What do you mean? The well, brand. The brand, sorry. Uh, Van Holten. Van Holtz, okay. which I, I believe is the are, ones that you get at the gas station. Are the Van Holtz the leaders in the clubhouse here with the pickle in the bag? I think so, yeah. All right. I, uh, I'm i not going to lie. I'm sort of drawn to the hot mama pickle. Yeah, you yeah. should get the hot mama. I'll keep you posted. <laughs> We're going to the S on the Hill tomorrow, <laughs> or today, on my way home. Another moment with Dr. Locke. These numbers kind of surprise me. So during the pandemic, 88% of people gave up their routines, their exercise routines. Okay. That seems high. Well, if you couldn't go to the gym, couldn't go to a yoga studio, couldn't yeah. do those sorts of things. I get it. People tried it at first at home, and then I think kind of got bored. Yeah. So people just it, gave up. So there was a lot of, I, I guess, they're calling it pandemic rust that was put on. And now people are getting back into the gyms. They're getting out, doing things a little bit more, and they're they're shaking off the, you know, the last couple of years, maybe a couple of extra pounds. And they're saying that in the last couple of months, three out of four people have injured themselves trying to get back into shape, <laughs> which we, is crazy. Th- those numbers are crazy too. We went to Top Gun the other night, and uh, Kane was standing in front yeah. of us, and. You walked up to him and punched him in the arm. He goes, oh, oh, I separated my muscle from my bone or whatever in my bicep. Oh, yeah, he go he's got to go get surgery. He's working out and he's got to go get surgery and you punched him right in it. But yeah, he was getting back into shape and yeah. hurt himself. I will say this. If you are, um, if you're, if you're attempting to get into yoga, which is what, I, what I do. Um, and I, and again, we don't need to get into this story. I started doing it um, years ago, about ten plus years ago now, when I broke my tailbone. Nothing was working, and I've just sort of kept it up. And I find a lot of people will try to, especially when they're starting out, they're wired to follow the instruction. Oh yeah. And they'll hurt. You're like this. If I do yoga, I'm I'm doing everything that instructor's yeah. doing. Yeah, you can't. Yeah. You you have to be <laughs> it's realistic. It's just like that competitive, and it's like I know, and I yeah. got it too. Yeah, and, and you want to, you know, if you're going to do it, I might as well do it properly, right? That yeah. kind of mentality. But I will tell you, you'll be surprised at how quickly you can hurt yourself in in something like yoga in too. those positions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so just be careful if you're starting out anything new. I think it's it's worth maybe saying. take a couple pounds off the weights. Yeah, don't be. I don't know who you who are you impressing. Yeah, right. And, and lift with your back. Take any advice from the show. I don't even know why we do this stupid segment. You're in the locker room with Lachlan Cross, Grant Johnson, and James White. 95.7 Cruise FM. Victor, thank you for joining us, my friend. Lachlan, Grant, James, fantastic. Victor Quee from the um, Edmonton Elks. You are the president, and um, you are very excited as as we are, I'm guessing, for the start of the season. I know it's only it's a pre- here. I know it's only a preseason matchup, but we only get a couple of these before the regular season and we're looking forward to Friday. Good weather. Everything is coming coming up roses here. Yeah, and I, I, while I'm very excited about the Oilers, I'm happy that they're not playing on Friday. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that worked out well. Okay, was it offside? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, clearly I thought I understood what the rules of offside was, 
but I think I do not. <laughs> no, you're you're uh, you're not alone. I think most of Edmonton is is now confused about what the offside rule actually is. There must be some other blue line. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for being on that side yeah. of the fence for us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Friday night game. Um, sorry, I'm lost. Here. Uh, it, it, you know what? The one thing that I want to make sure that we touch base on here is where are ticket sales at? Because we're doing the Stand With Ukraine ticket for Friday night, Victor, and the um, and the tickets are fifteen dollars. Yeah, you're raising money for for the uh, the Canada Ukraine Foundation. Um, and, and where are we at? Because the last time I heard you were over and you were over twenty thousand and closing in on. 25. Yeah, we're just just a little bit shy of 30,000 right now. Wow. On one hand, you know, that sounds good because it's a preseason game and we typically only get 4,000 or whatever, a couple thousand people through the gate and 30,000 would be good, but I really actually I thought that we'd be at 50,000 a week ago. And um, I get it because there's there's Oilers and everything else going on, and we're a last minute crowd in Edmonton, and we're probably going to see today, tomorrow, and Friday really pick up. But um, uh, uh, I think that there's we still got a long way to go, and we've had a lot of corporations buy bulk tickets, yeah, and distribute to their employees. So there is still a little bit of caution that I have because I I, I hope that people will still come out. And it's a great day, like you said. The weather's looking good on Friday, yeah. so I'm hoping everyone comes out and, and all that kind of stuff. But it's uh, it's exciting. Like everybody is talking about it. People, even when I was in Winnipeg uh, and sitting in, in the stands, people asked me about it. They're like, "Wow, that's just so great that you're doing that in, in, in Edmonton." So the word is out there. Yeah, there's yeah. a strong yeah. Ukrainian community in in Winnipeg and in Edmonton. Actually, I was at the playground yesterday. The kids. And there was a couple of uh, Ukrainian refugee kids playing on the playground at the oh, same time. Oh, that's cool. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it is important for this franchise to give back. It always has been. They kind of lost their way for a little bit, but uh, it's obviously something that's important to you for this team to give back. Well, I think that is one of the great things of being a community-owned team is we have a responsibility to take a leadership in the community on things that are relevant to us. And this is a, a one, one way that we get to do it as an entire team and staff and fans. Yeah, I mean, all of us know how impactful the Ukrainian community is on Edmonton. Mm-hmm. Are we all know a teacher, a friend, a cousin, an uncle, a relative, or you're Ukrainian yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know the goal is always to win the Grey Cup every year. How do you think our chances are this year? <laughs> are you asking that because we're on a on a on a winning streak right now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're rolling. We're, we're rolling. rolling. Yeah. Well, you know, I can't speak to that. I mean, that's the beauty of sport is you never really know. You try and assemble the best pieces, assemble the best coaching, the best team, and do what you can. And the important thing is you try and put together the best pieces. But sports, things happen, and you never and you never really know. What I can say is I'll, I'll share this um, sort of anecdotal insider story um, that I, I, I was told when we were in Winnipeg. Um, after the game... One of our doctors who has been with us for 30 years, and I, and, and I won't say his name because I just, just to protect the story, but protect him, I mean. And he said, Victor, 
I've been with the organization for over 30 years, standing on that sidelines. And this feels like a completely different team. The mm. energy, the vibe, the, the camaraderie, the brotherhood, when they come off and they high five and they celebrate, he's like, he says, I can't explain empirically what it is, but there's something intangible about the, the energy around the bench that I feel when I'm when I'm there. And it's completely different this year. They look so, good, too. <laughs> yeah. I love the new jerseys. Yeah. 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 They, they look fantastic. Yeah. Victor, with what's been going on with the with the league and the players and the and I, I wouldn't necessarily call it a dispute, but. The behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, how involved have you been in that in that process and and trying to get the season started on time? Well, I mean, I'm the rookie at the table when it comes to CFL and, and the president CEOs there. So we had a group that was negotiating. But when you're going through a um, a strike, a potential strike like this, there are so many balls in the air with a professional football club that we're literally changing hour by hour. You've got your ticketing, your football operations, your backhouse operations, marketing, PR, and all these things change depending on whether a strike happens or not or the timing of the strike. And not to mention the logistics. Like we were, we flew that morning to Winnipeg, played, and then flew back that night. Right. Yeah. So it, there's a lot of pieces, but I think overall the relationship is great. Uh, I talked every day with our player reps and we, you know, we shared information of, of like, how do we get this over the, the, the line? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and because everybody wants to play. It's always so complicated. I'm happy where, we, where we are now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, one thing that brings us together in Edmonton as well is uh, 50-50s. Our love for 50-50s. Our love for 50-50s. <laughs> um, you guys are doing some different things with it this year, hey? Yeah, we are. And we're going to keep keep sort of um, innovating on the 50-50 stuff with early bird draws of things that are sort of money-can't-buy experiences. Okay. So... Um, for example, um, an early bird draw to be a fly on the wall in the locker room pregame to listen to Coach Jones give his inspirational speech. No way. Oh, oh wow. That's, that's very cool. Um, or uh, to sit on our bench. Or maybe the the visiting team's bench, whichever you want. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but just different experiences like that as part of the early bird, and uh, to continue that all season. And, and it's a, a multi-day idea. draw too. Like you can buy starts at the away game, and then this fifty-fifty right over. started last Friday and yeah. is carrying over. So if you buy tickets, yeah, if you go to goelks.com um, right now, you can actually go to the 50-50 page and make a purchase right now before the game. And then they usually shut it down at about halftime, but I think they've got a sort of a tentative, uh, like a 10 o'clock on Friday when they sh- when they shut her down. Yeah. So it's actually pointless for everybody to buy tickets right now because um, I'm going to win them. Well, you need more money in the I'm pot, g- though. I'm going <laughs> to... You should, no, no, no. If you're going to win, you should encourage more yeah. people to buy. Okay, yeah. that's like, a good point. There you go. Keep buying need, tickets. You don't know how 50-50 ticket works. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if that's I'm, your logic, I'll do a 50-50 draw with you right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what does uh, your game day routine look like? Well, you know, this is a, that's a great question because this is my first 
home game as president and, and CEO. And so there is a lot of operational stuff that happens on the 24 hours leading up to the game because basically the entire team, we reinvent new roles. Every, you know, some of us are moving furniture. Some of us are are putting up signs. Like the whole organization gets a different uh, role, job roles, uh, and and responsibilities. So that part is 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 a lot of fun. Um, and I'm not, you know, we've got some hosting opportunities to do in the suite and all that kind of obligatory stuff. But I like sitting in the stands. I'm not a, you know, when I went to Winnipeg, I was in the stands, but probably. Wade, luckily, the, the the president there gave me an all-access pass, and I got to sit in like a dozen different places, all the way oh, nice. from the bottom to the top, and um, and that that's fun. Like it's fun to sit next to other people that that's game day, you know, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Well, we're really looking forward to the uh, the match on on Friday. Like we said at the beginning of the the conversation here, we got nice weather. Um, you're going to get a huge walk up too. This is mm-hmm. this is a walk up town. Um, this is a last minute town, so I have a feeling that we'll we'll close in on that fifty thousand um, seat mark for for the game on Friday. That that's got to break some records if we can get fifty thousand people. In Commonwealth for the for preseason game yeah. for the Elks, that'll be a good night. That'll be an excellent night, Victor. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Listen, thank you for your time. I think we're going to make this a regular routine. If I'm not mistaken, we're going to have you on um, to do a hit um, uh, whenever we have a home game. So you're going to get sick of us by the end of uh, the season, Victor. Oh, you're going to get sick of me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll start memorizing a few more dad jokes. Yeah. All right. Get on it. Uh, and um, we also have a shirt that we're going to order you here. Yeah. And so the next time we see you in person, uh, hopefully I'll, I'll have a running sections T-shirt for you, Victor. Nice. Okay. I'm all over that. Thanks for all your right. time today. Uh, have a good day, guys. Take, take care, care, my yeah. friend. There he is. That's Victor Quee, the president of the Edmonton Elks, and we've got a big matchup mm-hmm. on Friday. Get your tickets. It's a $15 ticket, every every ticket in the building. You've been listening to The Locker Room Podcast. Not the kind of threesome you would wish for, but it's probably going to be the only threesome you'll ever get. Brought to you by Always Plumbing and Heating. Catch the show live weekday mornings on 95.7 Cruise FM.